0: What do you do what is your work is it something like receiving a paycheck for responding to emails on a laptop every day is it slugging away with a work crew somewhere you have to take a shower when you come home or is your work at home washing dishes changing diapers what do you do do you like it? Do you find it meaningful? Or is it just something you you have to do because it has to be done and you have to receive a paycheck? You know, about three out of four American adults say they don't like their work at all. They may have invested a number of years of their life and thousands of dollars to earn a degree. And now five years into their career, they think this sucks. I should have done something else. Or others would say that they, they enjoy their work or they would if it wasn't for their boss. If he would only retire or you know, get hit by a bus, everything would be okay but because of him they struggle to get out of bed every day and go to work. Or others say they just wish they had something that they could count on. Every time the economy hiccups, they lose their job. And the most uncomfortable thing for them is when they are in any social setting and someone asks, what do you do for a living? You know, you will spend more of your life working than doing anything else. More than eating, more than sleeping, even more than hanging out with your friends and family. How is that going for you, your work? Do you find it meaningful? Do you enjoy it? We're continuing on today with a teaching series called Place for Purpose where we are kind of exploring our ordinary context of life and seeing if it's possible that they could actually be transformed into places or contexts of meaning. Maybe even arenas where we could possibly find our creator. Now, obviously today we're gonna to talk about our careers or our job or our work. And something we are gonna try that's maybe a little different this morning, is when the teaching is over, we're gonna have a little bit of time for kind of uh, questions. If, if there's something I said you have a follow-up question on, maybe you have a kind disagreement, you wanna push back on me a little bit. When we come to the end, uh, you can put in the, in the chat any questions you have, and I will take a few minutes to try to respond to some of them. This morning, we're going to look briefly at the book of Genesis. It's the first book of the Bible. It's really about origins um, as as human beings. It's about where we come from and why. Why are we here? What are we called to do? What is all of this life about? I'm just going to read a couple of passages. But starting in uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. The writer says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we see at the beginning that we are intentionally put together by our creator to reflect something about what God is like. And who we are and what we do. Something about what God is like. Skipping over to the next chapter, Genesis 2, verse 15. says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So referencing the first human being, but who is really supposed to be a representative of all of us. This isn't just a story about what happened way back when at some point, but it's really intended to be all of our story says, the first man was placed in the garden to work it. So do you see what this is implying here? That the whole reason that you and I exist, our entire uh, reason for being at all, is to reflect the goodness and the beauty of our creator through these small little ways of how we go about working to bless other people. Because, I mean, this is what gardening is, right? It's taking some natural materials with a little bit of planning and some elbow grease and putting in some effort and trying to create something beautiful or maybe tasty for other people. This is what work is. And Genesis is saying that our work, what we do, cultivating things to bless other people, to reflect who our creator is, is intended to be the most meaningful aspect of our existence. The most meaningful thing of our lives is intended to be our work. Is that your experience? Is that what you are finding in your job or what you do every day or what you do at home? Meaning. Skipping down a little further in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, we see it all kind of go wrong. Beginning in verse 17, God speaking here says to the first man, Because you ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat food. So now everything goes wrong in the story. We were made for meaningful work to reflect the goodness of our creator by doing things to bless other people. But the story says that we assumed that we could live life without our creator, without intimately trusting him that we could figure out a different purpose, a different meaning for our life. But because we did, everything just kind of goes to crap. Not because I think our creator was literally trying to make life hard on us because we did wrong, but this is what we've done to ourselves. We take on a different purpose and meaning in life, and now our work is just not the same. We've turned it into something it wasn't intended to be. Now, I know for contemporary modern people, this story can seem a little strange. But at least for a few minutes, just try to assume that Genesis is on to something when it comes to our work or our jobs or our vocation. And I think there's three things that we could do that this passage is hinting at to make our work more meaningful and therefore our lives in general. So number one, make work a priority. Intentionally choose to spend quite a bit of your time working. Now, I know many of us agree with Blink 182. If someone comments work sucks, we reply with I know. For us, work is the, the half to crappy stuff of life. The good stuff of life is another trip to Carmel or another glass of Merlot or another opportunity to make love or another afternoon playing Xbox. That is the good stuff of life. Work is, is the have to stuff. Years ago, back in Pennsylvania, I was a van driver for uh, a number of mental health patients. Most of them were, were suffering severely from schizophrenia they lived in in government housing and every morning i would pick them up and drive them into a health center where they would have group and receive their meds and visit with the psychologists and then later i would take them home but over that year of becoming friends with these dear people i noticed there were there were kind of two groups among them they were all troubled poor souls many of them suffered hallucinations But one of them, despite all that, were kind of sweet and hopeful people. And others, if I were to be frank, were kind of nasty. And I kind of went on this little journey trying to understand what was the difference between the two groups of my new friends. And the only thing that I could put together is the first group every day, um, after their, their group sessions at the health center, they worked in a shop for a while. While the other group just kind of hung outside and smoked and and talked with other people. That's all they did. And going to work for a few hours or just kind of hanging around smoking seemed to make a real difference in who my friends were. If there is any truth that we are called to be like our creator, to do work that blesses other people, that that is the whole reason that we are here then you and I will have no peace in our life if our goal is simply to work um, as, as little as we can. If life is about hours and hours playing Nintendo Switch or scrolling Instagram or binge watching other things on Netflix, if that's what life is all about, we will struggle to find any life of meaning. And I know right now I sound like your dad. But I think that is one of the implications that we find from the book of Genesis. Number two, second suggestion. Take on work that is about blessing and serving others that isn't about you. Now, I confess I spend a little bit of time, maybe too much time checking out TMZ. Now, I I, I bet your dad doesn't do that checking in on on the stars or the divas who've kind of won the lottery of life. These beautiful people who make millions of dollars getting to be fabulous for all the rest of us. But if you ever use that TMZ app, you know that these individuals can't quite seem to keep their relationships together. Many of them suffer from substance abuse. A number of them hire coaches and have a whole entourage who, who kind of do everything they can to keep them healthy. So if you go on TMZ, what your dad hasn't quite figured out, but he would if he goes there, is that even the people who have the best jobs, if you will, in the world, still can have a mess of a life. You see, Genesis says that our creator is is always working. He's creating the world. He's populating it. He's causing the sun to shine and and the rain to fall. He's making the earth go round. He is seeking what is best for all of us all of the time. Though the story often says most of us are not interested in him. So the implication is God is always working and blessing and serving us though most of us don't care. Translated, he's working, but it's not quite about him. And then if we jump over to the New Testament, the story says that our creator steps into human history in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And he too is is busy serving humanity. He's healing people. He's forgiving people. He's serving everyone. And our collective response is to crucify him. And so what is the implication of all of this? It's that our God is working and serving us even when we don't acknowledge him. And therefore, if it's true that you and I are made to be in his image to be something like him, we are called to work and bless other people even when we don't get anything in return. That is part of fulfilling the purpose of being human. So why do you do what you do? What are you hoping for from your work? That you can make more money and have a more comfortable life for you and your children? A few more vacations at the coast? That you could do something that other people admire, that people will know who you are and point you out when you're walking down Olive. Where maybe for some of us, we just need some money to survive. Is that enough purpose by itself? One idea, and it's just an idea, but what if you took a little bit of time and wrote a paragraph? You don't show it to anyone else, but just wrote a paragraph about how your work blesses other people. How it serves others. No matter what your work is. Whether you're working in a nursery changing diapers, or in a restaurant washing dishes, or in an office filing papers, that you wrote a paragraph about how your work blesses other people. And what if you tried before work each day reading it aloud, and after work when you came home, reading it aloud, and see what happens if over a few days or several days, if that changes something within you. We know, or at least I know from TMZ, that doing work that is about us does not seem to provide meaning and peace. But maybe if we are doing work for others, maybe it will. All right, let's get to number three here, implication from Genesis. For work to have a sense of purpose you also need to regularly seek out God experiences. Again, this this early ancient book of Genesis says, we are made for work to bless others while being in personal connection with our creator. And yet we, we choose to kind of live out of connection with God, to form our own plans, and then everything becomes a mess. You know, personally connecting with our creator intentionally changes things, changes us. Kind of gives us a bigger picture or a a bigger perspective on our life or what we are up to. It reminds us that we are valued, that we are loved by God. We don't have to chase something else to, to try to fill that hole within us. It even tends to remind us that the little things we do, even our work, our daily work, has a cosmic value in ways that we can't comprehend. But the scriptures say if you and I are not living in that regular personal interaction with God, we become warped in the way we see our lives, including how we see our work. I know some of you are wore out. You're burned out. You've been having a hard time. But but maybe what you need isn't a, a break so you can take a longer bath or being able to sleep in a little bit more. Maybe what you are missing is intentionally making time to connect with your creator. Maybe that is why work is doing this to you because you are out of alignment with what was always intended for you. So what do I mean about having personal connections with your creator. Does that that mean logging into Zoom church more often? It might. Does that mean reading the Bible personally more often? It may, but not necessarily. There's all different kinds of ways of connecting with our creator because there's all kinds of different people. We all have different stories and different personalities. I would describe a God experience as any chosen activity that you engage, where afterwards you feel more thankful for your life and you have an increased motivation to serve other people that you don't naturally like. Those are the signs of having a personal God connection. We are more contented in who we are And we have a growing desire to serve other people that we don't always agree with. And I would say whatever experience does that for you, you need. And for some of us that might be formally praying, for others that might be going for a run, for others that might be listening to some kind of positive music, for others that might be journaling, whatever form that takes helps you to be thankful and gives you more desire to serve other people, you need that. Look, I know work often sucks. But consider these implications from this early book of Genesis. Consider seeking out actually more work instead of another buzz. Consider how your work is blessing others instead of what it's doing for you. And consider making... Plans intentionally to have regular God experiences. If you take on all three of these for a month and you still say your work sucks, let me know and I will get you dinner. I won't cook it, don't worry. I will buy you dinner and have it shipped to your house. But I'm willing to offer that because I think if you take on these three things, leaning into work, focusing on how it serves others with God experiences, Your work will no longer suck, but instead it will become a a place or a context of purpose.